Hi out there, I'm Pat Polly, and I'd like to welcome you to my show, Artbeat Northwest. Each week, we interview someone from the performing arts or the visual arts. And this week, Eva Stone is here. Now, Eva Stone is an acclaimed dancer, teacher, choreographer, and current faculty member of Pacific Northwest Ballet School's professional division. Uh, Ms. Stone received a BFA in performance and choreography from Arizona State University. She trained at SUNY Purchase, the Alvin Ailey School, and Harvard University with many great dancers. And also she performed professionally with companies in both Boston and Los Angeles. Upon completing a master's degree from the Laban Center in London, she formed the Stone Dance Collective, a modern dance company which she reestablished in Seattle in 1995. And it was during this time that she began an extensive teaching and lecturing career throughout the Pacific Northwest. Ms. Stone is currently faculty at Pacific Northwest Ballet, uh, Bellevue College, Spectrum Dance Theater, uh, Academy Division, and she has created and commissioned works for many ballet companies, uh, contemporary dance companies, as well as her many operas and many musical productions. She's producer, curator of Chop Shop, Bodies of Work, a contemporary dance festival held yearly in Bellevue. And coming up soon, right? Very soon. Yes. Welcome to the show, Eva. Thank you, Pat, so much for having me. It's a real honor. Well, we're so happy to talk with you. But before we get started, just a few brief notes about some interesting events coming up. Now, these are just kind of funny, fun little events I'd like to go to, so I figure you listeners might want to hear about them, too. Now, if you ever go to the Sun, uh, Fremont Sunday Market, it's always a trip. But this Sunday is going to be special because they're doing a pâté toile. I think that's the right French pronunciation, probably not, parade. And what it is, it's a tiny, flashy parade. They're going to crash the Fremont Sunday Market. Uh, they'll have great costumes and the tiny floats. They're supposed to be as big as a case of wine, you know, like 12-bottle case of wine. Uh, and the, the, they'll have these mini glittering uh, floats going down the road and then they'll have all these decorated umbrellas, and they'll all be in costume. And, of course, this is in honor of the spirit of Mardi Gras, which is uh, next Tuesday, right? Fat Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So it will be fun to go to that. Go, a good time to go to the, uh, to the Sunday market and see this wonderful, um, well, it's actually Small Troll Parade, Petit Toile. Okay, and then... If you go to the University District, there's a real fun place called Gargoyles. Have you been there? I'm not. And they have only place, you know, it's the set, uh, one of the most visited places in Seattle. And they have, of course, a lot of gargoyles. But they also have art shows. And they're having another French show, uh, La Rêve du Show. La Rêve du Show. See? <laughs> French again. The Dream of the Cat. So they're having an art show of all kinds of cats, and many well-known local artists are in this, many works, and what they're going to do is 
they're going to have a silent auction of these pieces, and all of the benefits are going to Perfect Pals, which I don't know if you know anything about Perfect Pals, but that's where I got my cat, who just died just a couple weeks ago. And um, he was a wonderful cat, 19 years and they are a wonderful organization. Not only do they have an organization which is based in Arlington, but they also have uh, different pet stores, I think nine, all around Washington where they put cats for your adoption. Uh, so they're really, really doing a good job, and they're really highly rated as a charity. So, And that's on now. The re- uh, artist reception will be Friday, February 16th, but it's on now. You can see it now. And then you can go in and bid on one of these, which is kind of nice. And it all goes to, to uh, Perfect Pals, which is a wonderful organization. And then don't forget the Kirkland Friday Art Walk is this Friday, February 9th. And new shows coming up. Uh, we'll be back shortly with more of Artbeat Northwest. Stay tuned on Alternative Talk 1150. Don't miss the wonderful exhibits at the Bellevue Arts Museum this fall. The Bellevue Arts Museum is the Pacific Northwest Center for Art, Craft, and Design in downtown Bellevue. On Now is Searching for Home, a solo exhibit by Humera Abid. Abid offers a passionate and intimate look at the humanitarian consequences of the worldwide refugee crisis through meticulously crafted wood, sculptures, and miniature painting on until March of 2018. Opening November 10th is Making Our Mark. Over 250 teaching artists from the Pratt Fine Arts Center present an ambitious show celebrating Pratt's 40th anniversary on until March of 2018. Hope to see you soon at the Bellevue Arts Museum. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk, 1150. Hi out there. Welcome back to Artbeat Northwest. We're here with Eva Stone, and she has a new group show coming up in contemporary dance. But I want to talk to Eva about what is contemporary dance, because a lot of us don't know what that is. And uh, she says that is true. A lot of people don't. So she's really going to talk to you about what contemporary dance is first. Well, it's kind of a a short but convoluted history. Uh, For hundreds of years, the only type of dance anyone could see on stage performed professionally uh, was ballet. And that was true for hundreds and hundreds of years. Uh, And then around the turn of the century, 1900s, Society and culture and art began to shift, and there are two women specifically who looked at classical dance and decided that things had to change. One of them Yay. being one of them <laughs> being Louis Fuller, um, which there's a film of, uh, of her life coming out very shortly if it's not already out, and uh, the other one being Isadora Duncan. Um, I know a oh, bit. We've m- all heard of Isadora. Right, Duncan. exactly. She was our our uh, uh, the the mother of us all, so to speak, in in modern dance and really um, decided that the human body was capable of so much more than the codified language of classical ballet. And uh, she stripped down to a toga and bare legs and bare armed and traveled the world bringing forward this new type of dance, which she labeled modern dance. And um, I think she really kind of opened the door um, for many, many of us to follow through. Uh, There's a recent article talking about 
the lineage of dance and, you know, could, could because it's passed down from teacher to student to teacher to student to teacher to student and um, how it's natural, rebellious um, uh, form it, you know, is designed as a rebellion against ballet and how it just keeps, I tell my students, it just keeps rebelling against itself. So, so it keeps changing, constantly changing. <laughs> and, um, and that's what I love so much about the art form, because even in the 30, 40 years that I've been deeply embedded in this art form, I've seen tremendous changes and tremendous um, evolutions of style and um, initiation and artistic expression. And it's, it's very, very thrilling, but it is sometimes limited to just the few of us who are deeply passionate and obsessed with this art form. And it does have a tendency some, at, at times to kind of leave the rest of our community, our society out because, you know, it's a bunch of people, you know, almost naked running around on stage doing things that the human body doesn't normally do in real life. Um, and, uh, dancers' bodies have changed so much over the years. They're capable of so much more and can do almost superhuman things. And so to come into a theater and sit and watch with strange lighting and strange costumes and human bodies doing strange things, it's no wonder that it's, it's often confusing. And that's predominantly why I began the festival, um, because I found that I was deeply in love with an art form that very few people understood. Even members of my family have no oh, idea. Oh, yeah, you were saying that. Yes. Members of your family have no, no idea, idea what you're doing. <laughs> they, they seem to think I own a studio somewhere and that I have recitals every other month, and that's <laughs> completely not true. But uh, I just smile and nod at this point. But um, so that's kind of how Chop Shop began, is I really wanted to um, uh, bring people uh, I'm outside of this art form in. I love dance. My friends love dance. My students love dance. We all look at each other and we understand without even speaking how passionate we are about this art form. I then jokingly say, well, what about your mailman? Would your mailman come to one of our shows? So how do I get your mailman to come to our show? <laughs> so, How do you do that? <laughs> well, that's what I've done over the past 10 years, now starting our 11th year, is I've devised a system to try to bring the mailman into our into our world. And um, so what we did is we created the dance festival itself. I started on a Sunday afternoon in 2008, self-producing a show. I think I had three pieces in, in the performance, and I invited some other friends to join me. It was a terrifying experience because it was financially I was responsible for everything. And luckily, the show broke even, which I was mortified because I didn't have any money to pay my artists and my friends. But everyone else said it was remarkable to break even on a first time out. So. And it was in Bellevue besides, and right? Lo and behold, it was in Bellevue. <laughs> and that was another thing, too, is that kind of rebellious nature of me wanted to bring dance out of Seattle, which there's a lot of, and it's a lot of great dance and a lot, there's a lot of accessibility there. But I wanted to kind of bring it to the east side where nothing was oh, happening. Oh, we need it. Yes. <laughs> Nothing's happening Nothing here. was happening over here <laughs> contemporary dance-wise. There, there is some ballet on the east side, uh, mostly student, uh, student work, but I really wanted to bring professional work here. Um, it's been an uphill battle. It's still, you know, 11 years later, I'm still trying to uh, connect with this community on the east side, but it's happening. But you're still here. We're still here. We're still kicking. So you must be great. at least breaking even. Right. <laughs> So um, what we do is we have a, a free community outreach program called the Experience Dance Program. And Ooh, that's what I want to be in. Right. It's <laughs> geared for people just like you. So people who love dance but don't really understand it and um, never really been a part of it. Um, they are held at community centers throughout the east side or sometimes other venues like Kirkland Performance 
Performance Center. Sometimes. So this is prior to the this is big a few, festival. A few weeks out away from the festival, right? And so so anybody who is, you know, hasn't really had any dance lessons or maybe has had a few never danced a day in their life. Now in these, they'll you'll get to do a little bit of moving around. Absolutely, and, oh. absolutely. I kind of take them through. Uh, a regular dance class. Uh, every teacher is a little different. My right. classes begin with some sort of yoga sort of base stretching on the floor. We work to standing, do some spine articulations and rolling through the body and just kind of make sure that every joint and muscle in the body is warmed up. And then I teach a movement phrase or combination um, to try to then engage the body and the brain because it's not as easy as it looks. And oh, then, I'm sure it isn't. <laughs> and, uh, and then teach some movement that travels across the floor because we love moving through space. And, and then all along the way, in, encouraging and reminding this, the people who are with me that, you know, movement is a language. It's just a nonverbal language. And so I kind of teach them that, you know, a strong punch of the fist is, you know, when do you do that in your real life? Well, you might, you know, put your fist on the table if you're angry and we just kind of use those kind of physical gestures from our everyday life and expand on them in class. So is there a language? One thing I was thinking about is uh, you must have a certain language, certain kind of standard things, but everybody interprets them differently, I'm sure. Indeed. Uh, but you can't really communicate by writing about it much. It kind of has to be person to person, doesn't it? I think uh, as a choreographer, I uh, every choreographer is you know has will always look at dance from their own personal life experiences and, and perspective, um, and but I believe that movement is a language, and so oh, okay. if I if I have a particular theme, like I always start whenever I'm creating a new piece, I start with a seed of an idea, and then I look at that seed of an idea and see how does it relate to my to my life. In the real world, what kind of um, physicalities support that idea? Um, and then just try to bring those movements from real life into my movement language, which is then expanded and explored and perhaps put in different parts of the body. I look at floor pattern, like how the dancers are moving through space and how that's communicating certain ideas. Um, so... Uh, it's certainly a, a method of how I develop my movement. Someone, obviously other choreographers, uh, have their own approach. Mm -hmm. um, but I really think it starts with the seed of the idea. I once heard a radio program about Mandalayev and how he dreamt about the periodic table. He, he knew the elements. He didn't know how they went together. And he had a dream. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I have to now choreograph the periodic table. So I did. <laughs> so <laughs> choreograph I did. Well, table. A, a, a version of it. I can't a say it's exactly. of it. Okay, so, uh, so, but back to uh, the community uh, things. Yes. They're not going to learn anything that complex, but you are going to transfer a little bit of your dance language to Absolutely. to us, uh, you know, regular people out right. there that don't have a dancer's body or a dancer's rhythm or a dancer's training, and that's wonderful. Yep. Now, uh, on your festival, uh, of course, this precludes the festival. You have a whole lot of dance companies coming yes. into town and doing all kinds of different uh, presentations. Why don't you, why don't you kind of enlarge on that? So uh, I created this festival. I, I often explain it to people. It's kind of like a, a modern dance buffet. It's a sampling of work 
Um, many artists will often ha- do full-length works, full-length, full-evening works, but I really wanted to bring in uh, a multitude of choreographers so that you could see and sample each of their own artistic opinions and ideas. So I give each choreographer a 10-minute time limit, which they don't... That's not much. It's not much. <laughs> I get a lot of flack for that. But the idea is to um, spend that, that 10 minutes with that artist, and you may thoroughly enjoy it. You may hate it as well. Luckily, if you look down at your watch, in nine minutes, something else is going to come up. <laughs> so it's kind of a short, sharp shock of contemporary dance, but inevitably there'll always be something, and usually it's most of it, um, that you will, you know, that will fascinate you and and will leave you, you know, you'll still be talking about it after the show is long over. Well, it's certainly a good introduction to contemporary dance to people who are either used to just the ballet or right. or really not, you know, not really any uh, dance on stage at all. Maybe myself, you know, I see dancing mostly in musicals, right? right. <laughs> and the ballet sometimes, you right. know, but uh, not really uh, much contemporary, well, there's contemporary ballet, too. I don't know how that's different, but... I've yeah, there is contemporary, contemporary ballet, ballet, too. Yes, and that's, um, uh, in my opinion, that kind of... Uh, once you remove, uh, you know, the uh, the traditional story and you get into uh, a more exploratory movement vocabulary, um, but that, too, kind of has some loose connotations to it and, and, and uh, identities there's, to it. There's probably some overlap between that and ballet and contemporary dance and contemporary ballet. Yeah, sure. Because dance. now in contemporary ballet, they're using, you know, more articulated torso and um, the, the, the ballet vocabulary gets twisted and bent out of shape. Uh, and You've influenced them, I'm sure. I would like to think we have, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and sure. so where are these people coming from that are uh, for Chop Shop, our artists, yeah, uh, they come from all over. Over the past 10 years, we've had them from as far as New Zealand and Israel and oh, wow. uh, Canada. And uh, we've had uh, this year we have artists from California, from New York and from North Carolina. Uh, we put out a call to artists uh, about every June. We can get up to 150 responses. Oh, wow. It's, it's a then wonderful. Then you have to choose which right. ones. Right. We've even had, we've had requests from dance companies from Uganda and Thailand. Oh, that would be interesting. And <laughs> unfortunately, we don't have the budget to bring them over. Oh, yeah. It would be wonderful if we did. Yeah. Um, but we, we get incredible responses from all over the world. It's really amazing. Uh, that's but, wonderful. But um, we have a limited budget and a limited amount of time, and we try to... The, the work that predominantly that we curate is work that we feel speaks to audiences, uh-huh. work that is accessible, work that when you, when you look at it, you may connect with it immediately or you may not connect with it, but you'll connect with the idea that something important is happening or something, something significant is happening. Uh-huh. So that's the work that we specifically curate. There's a lot of really abstract, deconstructed work out in the world. And actually, that's kind of the work that I love. Oh, okay. The, I love the stuff that most generally people don't like, oh, but it's okay. not the work that I curate for this show because, again, it's all about bringing new audiences to this art form. That right. if, you've, if you've seen something and you didn't like it, like you went to a show once and it was totally weird and didn't speak to you, that's what. Then you come to Chop Shop and we kind of give you work that is that the artist is considering you, yeah, and. Then once you get comfortable there, then we encourage you to go out and seek out as much other stuff as you as as you can. 
So you're really growing your audience for contemporary. That, that really is the idea. Yeah. It's just to kind of in, let them in, come in through the door, you know, have a nice cup of tea, sit down, <laughs> let's have a chat, ask me questions, ask anyone questions. Ah. You know, questions you've always wanted to ask. We have a talk back after both shows. Oh, you do? We do. Uh, and you just, I love those talks. You know, uh, Village Theater does talkbacks after mm-hmm. their new the new shows they're producing, and I I love talkbacks. <laughs> yeah, they're a great way to connect. It's with just fun to be able makers. to hear what people are thinking and what the people that are putting on the show are thinking. Yeah, it's really important. And of course, dance being a nonverbal art form, yeah, it's a great way to say you know when those two dancers were rolling around on the floor, you know, can you talk a bit more about why they were doing that or. Why did you choose the music you chose or the lighting or, yeah. you know, what was your starting point for, for this work? And you'll have a chance to talk with the choreographers for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. That, that would be really important for, for mm-hmm. a new, uh, a, someone new to the yeah. genre. Right. And also you have uh, master classes for professionals. Yes. And I think that's a big part of your festival. Indeed. These artists that are coming from all over the United States and sometimes all over the world uh, teach during the daytime hours of the festival for dancers in training. And uh, it gives local dancers from Seattle and Bellevue and all over. Actually, I have we have dancers that come from California and Alaska who fly in for the weekend just to take the master classes with these teachers. Oh, really? Indeed, because... It's a it's a great way to have all of these artists in one place at one time and a great way to have that experience of learning from them and talking to them and meeting them. And yeah, so it, 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 it draws in students of dance from all over the state of Washington and even now out of state pretty regularly. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, it's very exciting. And and probably really wonderful for the participants because there aren't there aren't that many uh, uh, of these kinds of get togethers. Yeah, I mean there are there are several dance festivals, mostly mostly all in Seattle, uh-huh. um, and some offer master classes and some do not. But um, uh, being able to bring in again, bringing these artists from out of state or out of country to one place uh, is a is a wonderful opportunity for for dancers who are training here in the state of Washington. Now, do you find that there are a lot of people who are classically trained who um, who are drawn to this kind of dance and uh, kind of go away from classical ballet and into this kind of dance. It seems like it's so much more expressive. Right. I think, you know, having taught ballet, I've been teaching modern to ballet dancers for 25 years. Oh, to ballet dancers? Yes. Okay. Okay. See, I thought there was some crossover here. But you know what? (laughs) Hold that thought. We're going to take a break. We're here with Eva Stone on Artbeat Northwest. We'll be right back. Is art making too messy for your house? Then head on over to the Kirkland Art Center and take a class with a professional art teacher. At Kirkland Art Center, you or your child can experiment or refine artistic skills that can last a lifetime. In our art studios and classes, you can paint, cut, build, draw, print, glue, and splatter to your heart's content. We're located in the heart of Kirkland on Market Street in the historic Peter Kirk Building. Learn more about the classes we offer and register online at kirklandartcenter.org. Ready to shake things up? Try Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back 
to Artbeat Northwest, and we're here talking with Eva Stone, and we were talking about how traditional ballet dancers are really drawn to contemporary dance. I think they, after, you know, after spending a lifetime of training in classical ballet, it's inevitable that contemporary work will cross their path. There's, there's no such thing as a classical ballet company anymore. Even, even the Bolshoi in Russia does contemporary work. So dancers now have to be more versatile than ever, for sure. So they probably do both, a lot of them. Yes. But don't they feel a little constricted in the standard ballet form, and then they feel like this new form gives them a lot more, somehow a lot more reach and a lot more inventiveness and I would say creativity <laughs> and a voice? Some do feel that way, and <laughs> others feel terrified. Because, oh, really? Yes. <laughs> Because it forces them to leave a movement vocabulary that's been drilled into them for years and years and years. And so sometimes there's a lot of trepidation oh, in okay. getting them to So everybody's let different, go. I guess. And but, but you do yeah. get a lot of converts. For or sure. At least, I do try. Yeah. <laughs> now tell me about, uh, I was very impressed with uh, the fact that you did uh, dancing around all the sculptures at the uh, sculpture park in Seattle in August. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? That's just a great experience. It was a wonderful experience. Uh, I was commissioned by Pacific Northwest Ballet and the Seattle Art Museum to choreograph a piece for sculpture dance. It was myself and four other choreographers as well. And we were each uh, assigned a location at the Olympic Sculpture Park. Um, I was lucky to get the Richard Serra yeah, you got uh, the best the, location. The wonderful location. <laughs> but I had a very large group of dancers, the AU Collective, uh, which is a wonderful uh, Seattle-based uh, modern contemporary dance company. And um, uh, it was a beautiful setting, and we um, choreographed the work in direct relationship to the space and the sculpture and the dirt and the yeah. time of day with the sun setting and it was a remarkable event. It's it was this. I believe it's it's in its second year. It was. I, are second, they continuing? I hope I, so. They are. I mean, just imagine. You know, yeah. all those beautiful sculptures at the Seattle Sculpture um, Park, and then all these dancers just yeah. working around them. Just just yeah. couldn't be better. And then sunset and oh my goodness, it was goodness. really beautiful. So we'll leave you with that thought. Now, yeah. Eva, before we go, uh, what is the best? Uh, what is the best email to find out more about Chop Shop? So the best place to find out about Chop Shop is our website, which is chopshopdance.org. And you can learn all about uh, the festival. The dates are February 17th at 7.30 p.m. and February Sunday, February 18th at 3 p.m. You can also, from there... You and can, that's at the Maidenbauer Center. Maidenbauer Center Theater. You can learn about the artists. You can watch uh, all, all of our beautiful promos that we've created over the years. You can learn about the master classes. You can buy tickets. All of the information is there. Okay, so let's go. Thank you so much, Eva, for being on the program. Thank you so much for having me, Pat. I really appreciate it. So glad you could come in. You've been listening to Artbeat Northwest. Uh, be sure to listen in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. drive time for Artbeat Northwest on Alternative Talk 1150. Have a great creative dancing week. <laughs>